1: and 365-day returns. Hello!
0: Hello! Did a big yawn there just before we started. Ooh. Because we're recording late, it's half past nine. past my bedtime. What is going on here? We're starting at half past nine. I've had a long day, went to sports day, there was a parents race. I
2: bet you're exhausted from that.
0: I'm ex- exhausted from um, how racked with guilt I am for not joining in. Oh. because I thought, am I setting a bad example for my son? All I've been saying to him, knowing that you know, he's probably not going to win anything, is I want you to be the best at enjoying yourself and the best at trying. Mm. And I'm the worst at those things. I'm so afraid of the abject humiliation (laughs) that just the thought of a sports day triggers in me (laughs) that I chose not to compete. He was saying, can I be cheering for you, Dad? I said, no, I I don't think so, but you can cheer for your mum in the mum's race. Well, there you go. One of you did it. (laughs) It's um it's so like sports day now is so nice but I'm so traumatized I think I've got PTSD from sports day when I was a kid
2: Is there one particular memory or is it all just awfulness for you
0: I tell you something the, the the my first ever memory where I thought the first time I can remember the emotion of what it feels like to be condescended to mm. was sports day I remember being so far behind in a race, you know, there's six kids running and five are past the finish line and I'm not even halfway, and and hearing parents cheering and going, go on, you can do it, and, and realising the cheering is pity. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. Trying uh, to make you feel better. Yes, and, yeah. When, yeah, when
0: we all know that I'm like, laughably bad at this. That, that, so that, there's that, and then just the humiliation of being so bad at it. And then, I think I've told you before, I did win a race once. So I, I always came last in every single race, apart from this one particular race.
2: Mm.
0: And it was the year that um, my mum wasn't there to see it. She called the school because the weather was oh. bad, and they said, oh, yeah, it's rained off. And then no, they decided to have it no. indoors, but it didn't, didn't tell her. Um And miraculously, I won this this one race. It was the great achievement, my greatest ever sporting achievement. Now, it was a three legged race, and I was tied to Louise Bradley. (laughs) And I've since come to understand that she was very, very fast.
2: Right, she was dragging you along, (laughs) and I
0: was being even with me, even shackled to me. she was able to win that race which is remarkable it makes me think if it was an olympic sport and if she was paired with somebody of similar ability she, she could have be our greatest ever gold medalist yeah. um but yeah so, so it's triggered all that for me and then when i didn't do this race i just thought to myself oh you know, what what terrible damage am i doing to my son and then i thought probably doing terrible damage all the time. <laughs> and at least worse. with this, I know it's happening. And it might have been worse. And I can worse. try and correct it in other ways. It
2: might have been worse if you'd run and sort of collapsed and had to be stretched off. That might that be more That wouldn't be good, traumatic. yeah. I
0: did, I did think that watching, I thought, oh, I would have some kind of um, coronary episode mm. here. Um, so, yeah, it was a little bit yawny. And then you, you were eating a vegan ice cream sandwich, which I haven't... I, I, again, I think this is... I'm traumatised by vegetarian or... or, or Ice cream tends to be vegetarian, doesn't it? But vegan ice cream of the '80s that haven't yet tried. Modern vegan ice cream. Oh, it's the
2: one thing they're good at. That's so. So it's not yeah. like cheese. It's, cheese is terrible. They've got a long way to go. Ice cream, they're there. It's as good as the other stuff.
0: Does it taste of anything other than what it should it's taste? A taste of? of
2: ice cream. Okay,
0: I'm going to give it a go. Do I'm going to give that a go? Um, now, you and I, and our gang. Mm went to Abba Voyage the other night.
2: Yes. It
0: was astonishing. I think think it was astonishing.
2: Astonishing is exactly the word. It was astonishing. My mind was blown. It was incredible.
0: I can't think of, and I'm not just talking about entertainment here, I can't think of an instance in my life where I witnessed such a big leap forward from what I'd seen to what, was possible. Yes. I mean, it's like only ever having used a tin can and a string.
2: Mm-mm.
0: Never having gone through uh, rotary phones, phone in the operator, trim phones, basic mobile phone. It's like going from that, going from a, a, a tin can and a string to the latest, somebody showing you what the latest smartphone can do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unbelievable. It's just, just really something else. Even without... The fact that they have created the illusion that Abra back as their younger selves performing a concert for you, even without that, the 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 set and what they do with video screens and what they do with lights is ahead of anything I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable, and it was just it was just a joy it was just an absolute joy um like looking at everyone's response to it and hearing that music which has got so much joy in it and just seeing thousands of people blown away by something it was mm. it's quite extraordinary I'm, I'm in awe of it and I'm not going to describe ex- too much about it. I think it's said enough because I think part of it is you want to go there and not quite know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. And as um and as part of that, they say on the way in and they also make announcements before it starts about you know not taking pictures, not uh, making videos or anything like that, not getting your phone out. Which I noticed that your lover Tom
2: so completely disobeyed. He took two photographs. He got yeah. a very sharp elbow for both of them, and he said, "I'm not." I said, "I'm not on social media. I'm not putting it on social media, so it doesn't count. They mean for social media." I said, well, "What are you going to do with it?" And he says, "Just for me." I said, "Well, you've seen it. Why do you need to look at it? Are you going to look not at that later?" Be as good on your phone. No. And he had no answer to that. And then later, I saw he'd WhatsApped it to somebody. <gasps> so I've called Abba told, <laughs> told them what happened, and they're going to be dealing it with it next week. Yeah. Like,
0: how, as 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 a very meticulous rule follower, mm. like, if I'm in, say, Costa Coffee, and and Sarah what takes what I feel to be too many napkins, <laughs> I get like really deeply uncomfortable and, and want to distance myself from. her. And she's quite a rule follower as well. Mm. Or if she we're at a pedestrian crossing and she um she crosses on when the green man's flashing, I I get
2: very anxious. Like, what did that feel like to you? What's going on it's with him? curious. What's going on with him? Oh, you know, he's a, he's a renegade, isn't he? He is a renegade. He's a renegade. He's
0: so charismatic and cheerful and sort of ebullient. He was talking to strangers. <laughs> went, I saw him hugging a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah. How is that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, talk about opposites attract. <laughs> It was quite something, <laughs> yeah. but it was, um, it was, it was, it a- was astonishing. And I have heard people ask the question, isn't it a bit creepy though? Isn't it a bit creepy? Don't you get to a situation where everything's virtual, where people who are dead are still performing concerts? I, I said, great. Brilliant. It's Br- great. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have a problem with living more in the virtual world than the real one. Mm, no. I could look better. hmm for, for, for example. <laughs> Like all I ask is I don't have to wear one of those big deaf things on my head. You know, when people are having virtual reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if they can figure out a way of doing it without having one of those on your head. Why
2: are they so heavy? Make them lighter. I know, oh. and they
0: look. So, even though you can't, see, nobody will be able to see each other mm. because they're wearing them. I think everyone feels a bit silly with them. Mm. I think the second they figure out how to do that, many of us will just be happier living in a virtual world yeah, world yeah. than uh, than in the real one. And I hear people say, but you know, isn't it weird that you're you're human but you're interacting with things that aren't sort of human, but they seem like it. Isn't that creepy? Um well, you sometimes ask people hear people saying it when there's computer generated characters in films, where they call it uncanny valley, where they they say they don't quite and I just think as a drifter, I we, we go through life feeling like everybody else is programmed slightly differently to us anyway.
2: Mm. How is this any different?
0: (laughs) Would you like a robo-partner?
2: I don't know. It depends if they take photographs at our (laughs) concerts. Because if they don't, yeah, it would be interesting.
0: I think I would be fine with having a robo-partner as long as I didn't treat them any differently because they're a robot. Right. I don't like it when um, people make robots subservient.
2: I see. You want an equality with your. Yeah,
0: language. yeah. I went through a phase of making Siri on my phone call me Master Jeff, <laughs> like it was my butler. Right. But it made me very uncomfortable. I went, and something I do, I think I've told you this before. I um, I set the voice on my phone on Siri mm. to be a man because it feels really icky to me. <laughs> to be just like barking commands at a woman feels <laughs> like inherently sexist
2: and are you still have the mind that um, you want to treat these robots equally so when they take over the world you'll be one of the good guys oh yeah that? sucking yeah, up yeah. to them yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Just, just it was, what's great is that you know they'll they'll be able to absorb every bit of media every bit of print everything like in a second and here I am on record <laughs> saying I see them as equals yes great yeah. good yeah yeah mm. so when they're sort of harvesting you for electricity <laughs> Yeah. I'll be, um, you know, I'll be one of their slaves, and I'll be very happy, okay. happily doing it, Great. harvesting that electricity. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, shall we hear from the drifters?
2: First one's from Ali. Following Jeff's tale about his announcements at Latitude Festival in episode 225, a shameful moment in my own life has been unearthed from the depths of my brain and now refuses to leave. I'm hoping by telling you this in person it might somehow dislodge from there and return back to where it came from, but I fear it may forever haunt me. I am very much a typical drifter and this was even more the case when I was younger. I attended the same year of Latitude that Jeff was working It was my first proper festival, the weather was beautiful, the music and comedy were excellent and I was having a fantastic time. I can only assume that this led to my usual guard being down and it is the reason for the incident that occurred. Mm -hmm. As Jeff mentioned, he was announcing various acts during the weekend. I was not aware of this until perhaps the Saturday afternoon when we met up with friends for a drink and to listen to the main stage acts. Suddenly, Jeff appeared on stage to do his announcement. For some reason, I temporarily forgot that despite the fact he had provided the soundtrack to most of my last five years on the radio, we did not actually know each other. This and the general excitement of being at the festival led me to getting up from where I sat and running towards the stage, shouting, Jeff! Jeff! as if I were calling to a long-lost friend across the street. (laughs) I say shouting, but I can be very quietly spoken, so I suspect it was more of a feeble call whilst I gambled past the other festival goers who wondered what this strange woman was up to. (laughs) At some point, reality must have dawned on me, leading me to grind to a sudden stop. What was I doing? How did I think that Jeff would even hear me whilst he was up on a massive stage in the middle of the field? Even if he did hear me, what did I think he was going to do? Stop mid-announcement and have a chat with me, a complete stranger? <laughs> there was nothing to be done. Bright red with embarrassment, I realised I had to turn back through the crowd to my bemused friends. All I could mumble when I returned and saw their confused faces was, sorry, I thought I saw someone I knew. <laughs>
0: That's so nice. I, I wish I'd heard that so much.
2: You would have felt supported by someone.
0: Just like, it's so good for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the other night I took Jean to see Elton John and um, we went to the toilet in a cafe on the way there and, and somebody on my way back said, I'm really sorry to bother you, but my f- my friend here really likes your podcast and we're, we're really worried that by... Telling you, you know, like you you out with your son, I'm like, and oh, no, tell me more about <laughs> her, you know, the podcast, and then I, you know, I said, is it, is it a drift or reason to be chosen? <laughs> to be joking? Oh <laughs> no, I know, but it happens so infrequently that it's only ever nice. I, I don't think I, I, you know, I don't like what I'd love to be able to do. Is give that person a great interaction. Mm -mm. I think I'm incapable of that because of my um, inadequacies. But just from the hit of somebody saying something nice, oh my god! Every time I love it. It happens. I think uh, if you um, if you did something like make a record, if you're on telly and people were stopping you every few meters down the street, I can see how it gets tiring. Mm -mm. But it, it happens so infrequently for me. I I could you know. It, it, it could easily increase by a multiple of 20 and I would still be fine with it. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I just want to say that.
2: <laughs> okay. Right, let's go on to the next yeah. one. It's from Anon. I was recording my podcast and in it I decided to have a chat with two of my co-workers about working in our business and the frequently asked questions we get. We went for a beer and recorded it outside with no traffic around and just a little background noise from a few tables away. It was about forty five minutes in total, so I thought great, I'll be able to split it up into split it up into two episodes. I got it home and transferred it to iMovie where I edit, up the sound levels like I normally do, and realize, to my horror, that it was completely unlistenable. My voice, the furthest from the microphone, came through perfectly, but my two colleagues' voices were like echoes of a mouse on the other side of a harbour during a storm with a raging sea. I tried voice enhance, reduced background noise, and every other trick. Well, actually, that's it. They are my only two tricks, and nothing worked. I thought, I can't re-record this as it took so long. So I had a brainwave and went on to Fiverr where you can pay professionals to do a job We either can't be bothered to do or you're incapable of doing.
0: I am well aware of this. Oh, are you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, the latter in my case. I've used this service before successfully and I have to say not so successfully, which I generally put down to my lack of firm direction. I found a supplier who said they would professionally enhance your audio files and clean them up and paid $35 for the work, which could be done inside three days. Great, I thought. Better to pay than waste more of my time messing it up. The next morning, they were kind enough to send a sample of the first five minutes to me to make sure that it was of the quality I needed. It was worse. (laughs) The levels of the voices are more equal in the animal farm sense, though that one was definitely more equal than the others. But on boosting the other voices, they were now, let's say, a bit more muffled than previously. Obviously, I couldn't say this directly. So I sent a message back saying, it's not quite right, but could they try to make the other voices less muffled? A day passed and I got a second message saying, see what you think now, this time with the first 10 minutes or so. I listened and remember that harbour? Well, now my two colleagues seem to have dived into the harbour and were now speaking from some underwater location on the seabed. Equally, my voice was now so low as to be essentially unintelligible. What do you think I did? Well, you'd be wrong. I didn't say, that's fine, thanks. I said, yeah, it's not going to work, is it? Stop working on it. Five minutes later, I got a message saying that I can cancel the order and therefore no payment is needed. To which, of course, I wrote back saying, no, keep it, you did your best. And obviously it's my fault for giving you something that was unworkable in the first place. I actually paid to make part of a sound recording worse by a <laughs> professional sound recordist and then insulted them by telling them that they did their best. Uh. We are re-recording the conversation this morning for which I bought a new, much more expensive microphone and we may be recording in a Trappist monastery. All for around one hundred regular listeners to the podcast. Those people will be listening to second hand banter this week.
0: Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I've had um when my mum died, like we had this um kind of a, a wake or a, a memorial like a week after the funeral. And we we, we weren't a family that had a camera. Like, every now and again we'd like get some crummy camera. So there aren't many point being like from from the point at which mobile phones become a thing, there's quite a few pictures of my mum. But prior to that, there aren't that many. And the ones that we've got have, you know, from the 70s and 80s and they're full of creases and things. So I found a few of them and found some on, on Fiverr saying could you just, cause, you know, there's like lines across my mum's face or it's all faded. Like, can you do something to restore these pictures? I think I showed them to you at the time. Mm-hmm. They They I mean made it look like now I think the stuff they can do with surgical skin grafts after terrible burns are quite good. But do you remember what they used to look yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean just, made all of them look like
2: that. Oh no.
0: <laughs> and then I then have this oh. choice. Oh, so is that what I project? Do I project these pictures of my mum looking like she's made out of play doh <laughs> at the memorial or the ones with the creases <laughs> oh. and tea stains all over them? I went for the latter. Right, right, yeah. But of Why course, I wasn't it? going to say to the guy on Fiverr,
2: actually, that's not great. No, of course not. Yeah, you know, oh, this you is fantastic. Thank you so much.
0: This is amazing. Oh, I can't thank you oh, enough.
2: No. Here's your money. Yeah.
0: Which then only encourages them, doesn't it? Well,
2: I know. Maybe.
0: I told you before, a great alter ego for somebody, I thought about it for myself, but I could never, <laughs> would be the discourager.
2: Oh, okay. Discouraging people you're who just, aren't good Yeah, at you're just giving do. them
0: a tap on the shoulder and say, Mm-mm. it's not for you. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. Yeah. You got all the energy. Put it into something else. Um, Please send us your story of uh, awkward interactions. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Bell. Yes. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult.
2: It is the extreme laziness that I sometimes suffer from. I like the way that I've said suffer from, like it's something external out of my control <laughs> and not completely within me to rectify. But that's how it feels. I feel like I, know, I suffer I know, I know, I know that feeling. I,
0: I'm a fellow sufferer. OK,
2: OK. So, you know, there was that really hot Friday a couple of weeks ago. It was that heatwave day, like yes. over 30 degrees. Yes. Some people plan to sunbathe, eat outside, maybe have an ice lolly. I got excited about being able to wash the living room curtains because then they would dry really quickly on the same day as the washing and I could put them up again the same day. So a bit about my curtains first, which reveals some laziness anyway. My living room has got one wall that's about 60% window or glass door, which makes it sound like some beautiful, airy, light-filled room when in reality it's north-facing and there's no other light source. You have to have the light on pretty much all the time when it's too dark. Anyway, when I moved into my home, there were no curtains in the living room, but a long curtain rail with those little curtain hooks. I needed floor-to-ceiling, full-length curtains. I looked at the price to have some made, and I was horrified, and then I bought some cheap, thin cotton ones from Ikea, thinking, I'll sort out some nice ones that I actually like soon. Eleven years on, still there. Of course, yeah. Cream-coloured, never been washed. I looked up before how often you're supposed to wash curtains. Turns out it's every three to six months. No. I know, that's what like every single website on the first page said three to six months. What are people doing with their curtains, wiping their faces on them? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Are these like,
0: websites by people with live-in housekeepers?
2: <laughs> yeah, who, who's washing the curtains? Yeah. yeah, good point. Anyway, the morning of the hot day, I take the curtains down. This in itself is a massive effort because there's four curtains in total. I have to stand on a stool and unhook each one. Lots of these hooks. My shoulders hurt. I wash them. That bit's fine because I've got a washing machine. I hang them up in the garden to dry using a very complex system using trouser hangers with those little clips, clothes pegs, a fence and a clothes horse. It's very effective. Email me if you want more details and I'll send you a diagram. (laughs) So they dried quickly, but they're looking very creased because they're a kind of a linen style material. Some might call it linen. So I feel now like I've got to (laughs) iron them. And I wait until the evening so I can do it front of the TV, but it's hot. It's really hot still in the evening, isn't it? And somehow the iron is making everything hotter mm. and the dog is panting so loudly that Tom makes me stop doing it after two. So I put those two up, massive fat, faff, my shoulders hurt. And then two weeks later, I still have the other two curtains on top of the sofa where they were just waiting to be ironed. They just sat there in a pile. And I only have 50% curtained coverage. And I honestly, I don't know when I'll ever be bothered to do them. (laughs) I just don't know.
0: Have you been into my living room? Yeah. Today? Mm, Yeah. On the night of Eurovision, which I think is about, is is well over a month ago at this point. Yeah. I put up a piece of string hanging from which is a flag of every country competing in the final. Mm. But I went up stepladders to put it up. Right. Still there. (laughs) Like with flags printed off the internet in the living room.
2: (laughs) When I first moved into my previous flat, I decided to paint the hallway and I put, I did it properly with masking tape and everything. I did not take down that masking tape until I moved out nine years later. (laughs) And then I thought, I would better do it now. I did it then. Anyway, one more thing, some more laziness that I've noticed about myself recently. I read to my son every night. I sit on his bed next to him. There are, it feels, a lot of children's books that are all normal. The words in the pictures go from left to right, horizontally. And then there's one page where the words in the picture suddenly go top to bottom, vertically. Mm. Often it's like a character falling or something, which means having to turn the book 45 degrees. And honestly... (laughs) The huge inward sigh and the reluctance which I have doing this, it just involves the slightest, the smallest of arm movements. And I feel so resentful to the author for making me do that. (laughs) I was like, oh, God, this book. Turn. Anyway. I've solved it now with some Pritstick. stick. I've stuck all those pages together. I'm sure my son won't notice. I just need to do those curtains now. But I'm thinking that if they're to be washed every three to six months, I'll just leave them down until, until, the, yeah, next until the next one. Yeah, until next time round. 11 years later.
0: <laughs> Micro laziness would be a good thing to hear from. Mm. It's not quite uh, drifterish. drifterish. I'm, sure I'm sure there's smoke yeah, a lot yeah, there. Yeah, definitely <laughs> is. I love it. Uh, please send us yours. Hello at adriftpodcast.com.
1: Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t
2: shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus.
0: This is nothing except something that happened to me yesterday that I'm very excited about. Mm -hmm. I said hello to Floella Benjamin.
2: Oh no! Where did you see her?
0: I was on Andrew Marr's show.
2: What? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty weird, right?
0: So Andrew Marr has a radio show on LBC, which is it's like a talk radio station Hmm. where you know uh, the presenter says. I think we should send them all back. Do you agree with me? Call in now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of the time, it's yeah. better. It's better. Some some of it's really good, but there's a lot of that. But th- then also, Andrew Marr is on there doing a show, and um, but it's really weird because it's like a t- you go in there and you wouldn't know it's a radio studio. It looks like you're going on Sky News, and they have a makeup artist. And I know a lot of radio studios now have cameras for when famous people come in for interviews. Mm. But it's it's not recognisably a radio studio, even though I don't know that that many people watch it online. Most people presumably are listening to it rather yeah. than watching it. It's so weird. It's so weird. It was so interesting to see. Um, and I was on there to talk about Paul McCartney at Glastonbury. Uh, okay, yeah. And um, and Fluella Benjamin was on before
2: me. Wow. I was
0: so excited. And because it's it's like a conveyor belt. You know, one guest is finished. So thank you very much, Flo and Benjamin. Uh, next up, you may have seen Paul McCartney's performance at Glastonbury on Saturday night. With me now is uh, DJ and Beatles enthusiast, Jeff. So I didn't get time to talk to Flo and right. Benjamin. So I just, to try and convey, you were so significant in my childhood. You were one of the first faces outside of my family that I remember seeing. Mm. I, t- I tried to do all that with my face and I'm not sure that I did did a good um. job. Difficult. Yeah, I'm it's, not a trained a, actor. That's a
2: lot, it's a lot to convey in, yeah. in a facial expression. Yeah. Don't, don't be on yeah. yourself. So
0: I don't know if it looked as if I was having some kind of aneurysm or something. Mm. But it's just... I, I loved... I uh, just unconditionally loved all the people I saw on television when I was that young.
2: I wonder if that's the person you've seen in real life from the longest ago in your childhood. Probably.
0: Well, this is my Auntie Eileen. No, no, on <laughs> TV,
2: on TV. No,
0: no, no. I saw Tony Hart once. But oh, probably, okay. But probably... Um, Flora Benjamin predates him. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're probably right, actually. Mm. That's exciting. Yeah. Like Play School's the first programme really anybody remembers watching of our generation. She's
2: probably the longest living famous person in your mind. Yeah, that's so interesting. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Could have, you could have conveyed that with an expression. Sure. <laughs> and I
0: wanted to say that one of my best friends is like has a nickname based on handball from Play School. That's not true. No, you. I mean you. Because at school, everybody used to call you Hamble after the that weird doll. No, they
2: didn't. You you made, did. You've made that up. No, that is a thing. Made, why no, are, why telling are you
0: in me? denial about it? Because it's it? not
2: true. They called me Manimal, and that no, was it.
0: This is a thing that happened years ago. We were talking about the fact that you had this nickname Hamble <laughs> as <laughs> a kid, and you, and you were saying you'd much rather been called Manimal. Because, but because, why am I letting
2: this annoy me? Why am I letting <laughs> you? Annoy- I, I'm just going to let it wash over me. Yeah. I know the truth.
0: Um, I know the truth. Yes, so Floella and Benjamin. That was good. Right, now that I say, say something good that happened to me, I can tell you two awful things that oh, happened okay. to me. okay, go on then. Number one. I was in John Lewis's.
1: Hmm.
0: And my wife has, I bought it for, I think her birthday, a Theragun. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. It's a personal massage device, but I'm not talking about vibrator. Right. It's... For people who like a rigorous massage, uh, I think a lot of athletes use them. It's a thing you hold, and it sort of gives you a very. I'll, I'll use. It, I'll, I'll get Sarah to use it on you on the way out, so you can see what I Please mean. Please do. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it touching me because what I want is the kind of sympathy you would get from a masseur who's giving a rigorous massage. Like, oh my god, you're so tense. It's mm. so tight. But something that just strokes me very gently. Oh, okay, right. Whereas Sarah likes you know, like a gruelling, the okay. fists getting in there. And it's a machine that does that. So for some reason I was in John Lewis's, and I don't know if I was looking at the like latest attachments for it or something, <laughs> but the saleswoman comes over and she says, do you know they do a facial model now? I'm saying, oh, that's good news. Well, my wife's got one of these. Maybe that's an idea for the Christmas present. And she says, oh, you should try it. I said, oh, I should sometimes. She's like, well, no, you can try it now. Oh. And... Like a lot of what this facial model seems to do, unlike the the actual one which is you know, pounds you yeah. is shines different coloured light on your face with some kind of anti-aging properties. Oh. Supposedly. Right, yeah, right, I'm not sure right. about the science yeah. behind it. By which I mean I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not yeah, slandering just, just the Theragun know. face. Yeah, yeah. Therapace. face. Yeah. Um and and then it does, then she showed me the setting where it gives you a facial massage. And I did not want a facial massage. I didn't enjoy a facial massage. The feeling of some light, I mean, there is no feeling of light hitting your face. Mm. Like anybody who's feeling light hit their face is kidding themselves. But then I had to stay there for about five minutes while she went through all the settings of this thing on my face. Oh. Didn't like it touching me. Oh. And the, the light, and I'm, but then I, I still felt the need to go, oh, this is so, this is so nice. Oh, this is great. Do I look younger? <laughs>
2: you had to say that, yeah. Why did I let her do yeah, that to well, me? I don't know. You could have said, I just really don't want to. I just wanted to say, stop.
0: Yeah. I don't want it near me. I want to go. I'm late for where I... Why Why can't I just... Mm. And then why do I need to feel the need to... Because it's not... She didn't invent it.
2: No, I know. You could have just said, oh, "She's not, all, not she, all she
0: cares about is whether... I buy it or not, and she gets um, yeah. uh, five pounds commission or whatever. Did Why? you buy it? <laughs> no, but I mean...
2: <laughs> You're close, you? There are you? times in my life yeah. I would have done yeah. just
0: to avoid the awkwardness <laughs> yeah, if I yeah. had more money. Mm. Um, so there was that awful moment. And then I think I've, I've mentioned before on the podcast that on a Saturday, I take my son to some very famous dance studios in London called Pineapple Dance Studios, mm-hmm. where he attends a street dance class for under seven-year-olds. Yeah. Now, what I'm very, very certain that I'm not doing is uh, is um, raising a future member of, like, Diversity X or anything. Okay. I th- you know, it's just a thing that he does for fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I sit in the corridor... Oh, I mentioned because there was that mum there who like, I get stuck talking to week after week after. Mm-hmm. She she seems to have um, dropped off the face of the earth.
2: Can you see into the studio from the corridor?
0: If I try and look, they pull a blind down. Oh, so I'm not no. allowed to watch him doing it. I think they get distracted by the parents peeping through the window. Yeah, right. So, anyway, so, so I sit in the corridor the whole time, and then there's a ballet class going on, and I'm kind of uh, for adults, mm. and I'm careful not to look into that because I don't want oh. to look like a pervert. yeah, yeah don't. But the. Um, the, the the reason I mention all this is the woman who teaches that ballet class is a woman I see around my neighbourhood with some frequency oh. because she is a parent of another kid at Jean's school, oh, Jack. okay. Yeah. Right. So often she comes out and it's a great interaction for me because she's just finished teaching a class. She doesn't really want to talk. So we just exchange a pleasantry and she carries on walking. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I see her most weeks in that context. Okay. This week, this Saturday just gone. Um, you don't need to know why, but we we decided we weren't going to go to the dance class. Okay. Jean and I are out on the street in the morning, and I see her coming towards me, and instantly I feel guilty, like um, the teachers caught us bunking off. <laughs> she must have been on her way there, <sighs> and the first words out of my mouth are, "Oh, we're not going to we're not going to pineapple this morning." Mm. And she sort of laughs, and she's wearing, you know, like dancers, the <laughs> kids from Fame. They wear like sort of big, loose sweatshirts that kind of ha- almost hang off her shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and I say, "You, you on your way there now for the dance class?" And she sort of laughs and says, uh, "Yeah, can you tell?" I like, said, "I mean, look at look at you. It's the it's the poise. It's the poise." <laughs> right. And then we we start talking about nothing. Oh, and then Jean goes, "Who's that?" Oh no, such an embarrassing thing. But fortunately, I do remember to bring the kid's name to mind. Mm. So it's Jack's mum. Um, and it's like the slightly uncomfortable moment, but we keep talking. Then maybe like another minute into the conversation, she mentions her kid, but she doesn't say the name Jack.
2: No, oh.
0: she says a complete other kid's name. Oh, which. I haven't got her son's name wrong. I have completely misidentified her as the woman who teaches dance at Pineapple Dance Studios, and she's a completely other mother um, that of some kid Jean went to nursery with. What? So imagine what that looked like from her perspective. She oh sees God. me in the street. She smiles. I go, oh. "We're not going to Pineapple oh. today."
2: That's oh, so weird.
0: And then I say, "Off to a dance class, are you?" And I start oh, talking about no, her poise. It's the worst thing. That I mean,
2: it's the worst thing. She must think,
0: and she has the good grace. I mean, either like what I'm saying is so uh. strange, she thinks I've had a break with reality, or she just has. I mean, she uh, now that I know who she is, I remember her as being like a really lovely lady. She just has the good grace to not embarrass me. But how strange is that? That I just blurt <laughs> out to her, "We're not going to pineapple today." Oh God, I feel ill. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, so um, I'm never leaving the house again.
2: don't. Just don't.
0: (laughs) Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in
2: Problematic. First one is from Pete. I've just come back from a trip to Butlins where we took our daughter to celebrate her fourth birthday. My daughter and I joined the back of the queue to ride on the carousel. A few places ahead of us was my other half with our one-year-old son. As the queue moved forward, my daughter jumped the few places ahead to be with the other two, but instead of jumping on the ride with them, she hung around at the gate waiting for me. All the other children were having their height measured, and my daughter repeatedly told me that she wanted to be measured as well, until it was just me and a lady, aged in her late 50s, standing in front of me waiting to board the ride. To understand my quandary, you have to know that I am half Chinese, which in turn makes my daughter a quarter Chinese. The older lady turned to my daughter and said, you should be at the back. You shouldn't have jumped the queue. We queue up. That's what we do in this country. Oh, well, OK, OK. I was taken aback. I've not experienced anything like this confrontation in a long time, and to my knowledge, it was my daughter's first experience of casual racism. I adopted the port protocol and said nothing except badmouth her to my partner when I joined her on the carousel. I feel like I should have said something on my daughter's behalf, but I have no idea what. What should I have done? Because I understand this thing that he feels, yeah, he no, should have yeah it out know, yeah. it do. But I mean, it's just like what an awful
0: thing to have happened to so him. So awful. Like, yeah. But I would be so taken aback by that and so flustered. I, I, I'd, I'd be. I'd, I would have done exactly the same thing. I wouldn't have known what to I say. I don't think there's
2: any of us here yeah. or listening to this would have done anything differently because no. there's nothing yet. But we can all think about what we would have done in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. Which is what? <sighs> what would you? say something sarcastic about the this country comment. Rack off, you horrible old racist. <laughs> <laughs> rack off, that's a good one. <laughs> I remember it from Neighbours in the well, late 80s. Yeah, yeah, rack
0: off. It's just so upsetting as well, like just thinking, oh, well, there you go, there's there's like something your your daughter's Mm, had to deal, yeah, deal yeah, with, and yeah. and you've had to deal with. Yeah, it. It's just horrible. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is like a shade. Like e- e- even though that moment of feeling flustered is very familiar to all of us, like it's a shade more serious than anything we've like yes. tried to tackle. On I feel this like, ill-equipped before. to deal with it. Yeah, right? I do yeah. as well. Um, I'd
2: want to say something like, "Well, she, she's lived here for for her whole life, actually." Like, just point out some kind of thing factual, but actually, that's not even relevant, is it?
0: No, but you really want to feel like you can you'd have a zinger yes you want you don't you don't you want a zinger don't you yes that's what I'm trying to think of a zinger yeah
2: something that really cuts her up and like makes her feel so stupid
0: yeah 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 I think here's what I think I would have done Hmm. I think I would have then got myself so flustered about the fact that I hadn't said anything in the in the moment of panic and and feeling so uncomfortable that I would then have gone and found her
2: oh and had a word with her yeah, and yes. so just
0: just so you know.
2: Yes. That's the worst to do with because it, it's not good for your daughter to see you getting angry with someone, is it? No. Yes. Yeah, oh, no. God, it's awful.
0: It's what, what a horrible thing to have happened to you. I'm yeah, so sorry, yeah, yeah. Pete.
2: Yes. Okay, let's go on to Laura. I've recently stopped at the co to pick up a few things, in a rush because it was nearly my toddler's nap time. I paid for the items and then left them on the self-checkout scales. Is it acceptable to go back later and ask for them? I thought it was fine to ask, although imagining how the interaction might go, I was a little worried about how to phrase it so that I didn't sound like I was assuming I could just take the items now if they hadn't found them and put them back. My partner, who doesn't self-identify as a drifter, but definitely displays many drifter tendencies, was surprised I was considering it and thought I should just assume somebody took them and go and buy them again. If it matters, it was a couple of hours before I realised and the items were fruit and veg. So what would you do? Well, I mean, unless those fruit and veg were, I don't know, what's the most expensive fruit and veg?
0: Um, An
2: Alfonso mango. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, unless it was Alfonso mango and um, some very, very expensive, um, that little tender stem broccoli, (laughs) 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 I would probably just go and buy them again just to save the embarrassment of it all. Or you could just say, oh, try your luck. I left them there. Are they still there? What would you do? Just go and buy them, just again. And buy them yeah. again. Just to say them. Not want to, unless they were it. very expensive. Yeah, I
0: feel like we're not doing a good job with I these. Know, this way. I
2: know, I know. They're very difficult. I know. If it was more expensive things, like say she'd bought Bendix bitter mints times three, a bottle of champagne, a D- different story. I'd be, I'd be going back and getting them back. But fruit and veg, can you be bothered? Depends how much there was. You're so. Uh... I know. Look at me. What's
0: the word? Like, well, money bags over there. Uh, no. <laughs> I no.
2: Would, I would definitely ask, but I wouldn't make a fuss if they said, oh, no, sorry, they've gone. I wouldn't make a fuss and say, you can't make a fuss and say, well, can you go to the security cameras and... and, and oh,
0: yeah, like, and, I want to see the footage. Yeah, yeah,
2: and so I can prove to you that I wouldn't go that far. I would ask, and if they said no, I'd just buy them again.
0: Okay, well, I'm, so- I'm sorry. I feel mm. like we, we've not done well with either of those. No. And I'm, I'm still sitting here, like, replaying that Pete thing over mm-hmm. in my head and mm-hmm. thinking, oh, God it's bothered it's bothered me that mm. but I wish I had better I wish I, just, I wish I had a zinger mm. if anybody's listened to this yes. and thinking no here's what you do give us the zinger give please. us the zinger because yeah, yeah. I, I don't think any of us will feel truly settled until we mm. know what that zinger yes. could have been yeah And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, you may be put off by uh, by our, our uh, poor handling of both quandaries this week. But we promise to do better in the future. Is it any wonder we're not getting so many of those at the moment? Mm-hmm. Um, so please send yours in. Same goes for Podications, which we'll be coming on to in a minute. And, uh, of course, if you have stories of your own social interactions gone awry, the email address for everything is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And, um, you know, you you, you you did your best, but... It was obviously my fault for um, giving me something so obviously unworkable in the first place. Podication time, and I will. Oh, Annabelle. Mm. I think maybe your, your pronunciation is going to be better on this. Oh, I think it's Tomas. Tomash. Tomash. Tomash, is it? Yeah. So an S-Z Tomash. is a sh sound. I think
2: so. I mean, my memory's not gay. And then is it Kr- Kromiak. Kromiak. Yeah. Tomash. I think Tomash so. Kromiak. Apologies, I've got that wrong in okay. a long time.
0: Who says, I would like to podicate this podcast to a Ukrainian lady, Elena, who contacted a local volunteering group that I help out at back in March. She's been living in Poland for quite some time, and after the outbreak of the war, her wheelchair-bound mother joined her. She came asking for any sort of help we could think of, as she had to move out of a small room she'd been renting, and subsequently rented a hostel room which drained her pockets. Over the last weeks, I had a chance to get to know her. Faced with imminent eviction from the hostel, she turned to us once again, and we thought about starting a fundraiser for her, about which she was very wary at the beginning and doubted anyone would chip in. A fellow, fo- sorry, a fellow volunteer helped to find a job with which she'll most probably be able to get started in the near future. That's great. Amazing, yeah. Um, she doesn't speak English and doesn't know about your podcast, but if I were to explain to her <laughs> what a drifter is, she would probably identify some of the telltale signs in herself too. That's great that you've been able to identify this in this, uh, in this context, Tomas. Um, despite what I can only see as signs of incredible tenacity on her part, she did struggle a lot with asking for help. I mean, that's drifterish, isn't it? Very, yeah. yeah. Um, it's been great to see her astonishment when she learned there were people willing to help, not only us volunteers that got to know her perfectly, but also complete strangers. I was actually surprised myself, not only by the willingness of people to help out, many times in a completely anonymous way, but also by how incredibly satisfying the whole experience of getting to know people like her and having a chance at helping her has been. So thank you, Elena, for this fantastic experience, Tomash. Well, I mean, there's a lot to like in that story, mm. especially... Um, Like we had that, like awful, like the the sort. Oh God, aren't people awful during Quandary Corner? Mm. And then everything about this is aren't people lovely? Mm, mm. And like the like humility in her, and not thinking that people will want to help, and then the loveliness of people wanting to help, and Thomas volunteer. I think there's a lot to like. It, it's left us. I was feeling icky. I was feeling icky that I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't say the right thing for Pete. And I still feel a bit icky about that, but I feel, um, you know, if Thomas was here, he, he would know the thing to say.
2: Things aren't all bad.
0: Yeah, so um, so we're happy to do that. So it's the latest edition of the podcast, Podicated to Elena. And if you would like a podication for yourself, you can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods